When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Hey, we're here at the Mary Cobbler yet again. It's Hale Bar City Radio Roadshow. We are in Dublin at the Mary Cobbler. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach. We It's not a kidnapping. We have just asked Mitch Sherman to, to join us, and he did so willingly. Cheers, my friend, to uh, Nebraska and Northwestern in Dublin. Cheers. It's my first Guinness on the trip. I mean, oh, really? Which is... Which is- Disappointment for me <laughs> yeah. since I'm two days in, but thank you. This is uh-huh. outstanding. Yeah. And there's a fireplace just off to my right. They legitimately taste a little different here than they do. I agree. A little bit. I they actually uh, make them a little bit differently here, too. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't overly excited to have a Guinness when I got here. I was just like, all right, whatever. You know, I, I can get Guinness. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's t- it tastes different here. Mm-hmm. I really think it does. Yeah. I mean, there there are there are things like that. I mean, I had some Irish coffee the other night when I was trying to stay awake to work, and that mm-hmm. didn't work, but it was good. Mm-hmm. It's like a you know a boulevard tastes better when you're in Kansas City. It's that at kind the bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yes. Much Have you yet seen the Guinness tankers? Just like an oil tanker, branded Guinness tankers driving around fresh Guinness beer. I don't I know how that works. It's it's a thing. It's I'm going to be cool. on the lookout now. Now that yeah. now that. I've, had one. I'm going to be looking for the tanker. Yes, uh, Mitch Sherman's job is to uh, find the tanker, report on Nebraska Northwestern. Elijah Herbal doing great work back at our ESPN studios. So we're at a live show and pod here, getting you ready Friday into the weekend, 1-3 to three locally in Lincoln for the pregame tailgate here. We can't say thanks enough to our friends here at the Mary Cobbler. Uh, Will and his staff have been great. Uh, we thank Union Bank and Trust for making this road show happen. Guys, it's it's almost here. We're 24 hours away from Nebraska Northwestern. Took some notes. And right now, from a numbers standpoint, Friday afternoon as we talk, the betting numbers say this. 53% of the bets are uh, on Northwestern hmm. getting those 13 to 13 and a half points. 79% of the bets are on the under. Uh, 50 point total that may have drifted below 50 and then 54 percent of the bets money line wise nebraska uh, uh, minus 515 so nebraska should win this game and if they do what they're supposed to do per vegas it's about nebraska's a two touchdown favorite but that's mitch cranach that's never been the northwestern nebraska series it's always been tight it's always been drama filled and it's always been Northwestern who's out-executed or took advantage of mistakes. There's so many different storylines on top of coming uh, abroad to do this, but 
It's week zero. College football is ready to go. And both these teams should have a, a great showcase for the city of Dublin and, and the college football world. It'll be fun tomorrow. Yeah, I think that last year's game is impacting this these betting numbers too much. It's not. This is Good not. Call. Yeah, this is not uh, 2021. And Nebraska, the way that it played at home last year, things everything fell into place. And Northwestern kind of gave up in that game, I think, which is not what you see typically from a Pat Fitzgerald team. There were even other games last year when Northwestern, with a pretty bad team, took opponents, Big Ten West opponents, down to the wire like they tend to do. So that's the norm for Northwestern. I mean, they give Iowa fits every year. Been known to take it to Wisconsin and and, and give them trouble. Same thing with, with Minnesota. So I... I yeah, I mean, two touchdowns is, is just it's 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 a huge number for this thing. So I, I'm I'm with the seventy nine percent, fifty three percent. Sorry, just fifty three. See, yeah, that's that, that's why that line's staying there at around two touchdowns because it's not a big percentage, a high percentage that are that are betting against Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, also openers are just so unpredictable, especially in week zero. Right. It will and. For as consistent as Northwestern has been throughout Pat Fitzgerald's tenures, wins and losses aside, but just in terms of the brand of, of the brand that they play and the fact that you can kind of take to the bank the fact that they're going to play really competent defense. Last year was such an aberration for them, just in terms of like the numbers they were giving up, the yards they were giving up, the especially plays. against Nebraska. But then even offensively, I think it was something five of their last six games they never they didn't even top fourteen points. It was so out of character for a Fitzgerald team to essentially be outclassed in a lot of ways. That you you kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, though, to be like, he's probably going to write that ship, and I don't think that is going to be Northwestern moving forward. I don't think they're going to be a juggernaut, uh, but you would figure with the, you know, it'll be year two for the defensive coordinator, they're, they're probably going to get some things right. And that's the biggest thing I took from Pat Fitzgerald's press conference leading into here uh, when he was talking about, you know, he, he said he felt like he said something to the effect of, I'm not quoting him correctly, but said something to the effect of, you know, I feel like we have our team back finally or our mojo or our identity, something along those lines where obviously he did not feel like that last year. Yeah, I mean, if you play a team, and I'm looking up the number right now, but if you play a team 10 times, and eight of them are nail biter games. Right. You expect that the eleventh one is going to go in that direction too. When neither mm-hmm. team has done a tremendous amount to really, well, you could say Nebraska has changed the complexion of mm-hmm. its program. That's 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 accurate. But I don't know that it's it's prepared at this. I'm not prepared at this point to say that it's it's changed to the point where I'm expecting markedly different results. Right. This may be a team that wins six or seven games, but it hasn't. It's it's not a transformation in my expectations about what I'm going to see from this team. Mm. I still think they're going to play close games, like we saw just about every week last year, and I think this is going to be one of those tomorrow. Mitch Sherman with us. We're here at the Mary Cobbler Hale Varsity Radio Road Show live podcast going on. Mark Cranack here, Elijah Herbalbank in studio. Coming up, Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports, his usual spot. It'll get to have Bill back. The infamous Clausburn. He's oh, imaginary yes. and he wears red, part of the Friday forecast. But, Mitch, you've been able to run into some of the national folks as well. 
with The Athletic. What's their take? I know Whale Bond's here. I know Andy Staples and Stuart Mandel from The Athletic are here as well. What's what's their buzz level like for this being uh, the kickoff to college football here? Two teams that play close ball games, but Nebraska has been one of those teams, folks, early on in the Frost era we're in on, and now it's like, all right, man, time to time to start winning some ball games. So what's the radar level like for, for Nebraska and Northwestern here to kick things off? Well, Stu and Andy are not here. I wish they were. So you did, but, the, you did the pod, though, with, uh, with did, Andy. Right. Yeah. I did the pod with Andy, and I did the pod with Stu and, and Bruce Feldman. Right. Um, right. The Audible. So check those out, the Andy Staples show and, and then the Audible. Did those both while I was here. So yes. They wanted to go international. Yeah. Those guys, you know, they, they, yeah. it's, a, it's a feather in their cap to be able to have an international guest on their show. Oh, so that's when I finally get the call. Andy will have me on occasionally. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Stu and Bruce, they're, 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 so, big, they're so big time with the, with the Audible. And that was my, that's my first appearance on the Audible. I've worked at The Athletic for three and a half years. And, and I'll give, I'll give um, I want to give them a hard time because Stu, at the end of the, this was the first night. This was, I got into town, I couldn't check into my hotel, walked around, went to practice, came back, had some issues with some with power in my room, oh. did three of these radio interviews, and then the Audible pod at 9 o'clock at night while trying to put together a story. And I'm like 35 hours in without sleep. Oh. <laughs> so Hallucinating starts at 48 So Stu's hours. like... Stu's telling me on the show, how he can tell that I'm extremely jet lagged. And I'm like, oh, well, that's. What, what, thank you. Thank you. Ex- exactly. <laughs> is, it, is it because I look terrible or sound terrible? Which, which one is Both. It? Yeah. <laughs> so we got through it. I think it was. I think it went well. I hope they have me back. Sure. But yeah, those guys, Stu, again, to pile on Stuart Mandel, the editor in chief of the athletic college football vertical. Yeah. Um, he picks Nebraska to finish last in the Big Ten West. He had that out earlier this week. He yeah. put his numbers out. Right. Still got, of course, reaction from Husker Nation. Right, but he's picking Nebraska to win this game against his alma mater. So I don't know. How did that, how did that work? I mean, you're going to beat Northwestern. They're in the Big Ten West together. So I guess bad enough things are going to happen to Nebraska the rest of the way that the Cats are going to climb past them. I, Nebraska's not going to finish. Ooh, I, I don't want to make a declarative statement here, but I, I don't think Nebraska don't think is going last. to finish last in no. the division. So the national narrative, Andy is tends to be a little more optimistic on Nebraska things this offseason. I've been on his pod a few times, and we talked at length in person in Arizona when our staff got together in May, and he, you know, he feels he feels all right about the way the direction, the way things are going. I mean, you can listen to the Andy Staples show mm-hmm. on uh, the Athletic uh, channels to to uh, to hear more about that. But um, you know, I, I think he has a good he has a good perspective on what's happened in Lincoln this year uh, with the change and 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 with you know the the big thing that I highlighted in my story today that I don't think we've talked about enough is this is it for Scott Frost on play calling. You know, he's yeah. called every play for every game that he's coached since the start of the 2013 season. And here we go, a decade later, and he's handing that headset off to, to Mark Whipple. It's, that's a big, big thing for Nebraska football. And I feel like it's, it's, it's kind of slid under the radar. Um, one, because the decision was made in a period of the year where we didn't hear a lot from Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. And by the time he came out at the end of February, and they had Mark Whipple, and, and it was that was about spring practice. And we heard a, you know a couple of answers to questions about that subject, and then they moved on and they had spring. And then it went dark again. 
and we got to July and Big Ten media days, and there were other things to discuss. And we've had this preseason camp, and it's been all about getting this team ready to go overseas. So, hey, this is a totally different deal tomorrow with this offense and as Whipple calls things. So I'm interested, to say the least, I'm interested to see how that goes and what Frost's role is in this game. Scott has talked about it a little bit with being able to be more CEO-ish, being a, stopping by the defense, observing what's been going on in practice versus just locked in. And, you know, the, the expectation for a lot of coaches or the hope when you look at Nebraska and the history, guys want to be a play caller and a head coach because Coach Osborne did it. And, and Solich did it for a while and then gave it to Barney. Uh, you had, uh, for a while, uh, Scott doing it, of course. And it's just, you're truly special if you can, you have a special staff and you're a special animal. If, if you can be the head coach and the play caller. Osborne, Spurrier, Urban Meyer. I mean, that's, that's it, man. Uh, that's a short, short, short list. And it's so hard. You, you got to ha- hope you have the rest of the team from a leadership and talent standpoint on a high level. Chip Kelly, he, you know, he was a guy that did okay. that at Oregon. It's, but, yeah, I'm thinking about this, Bill Walsh. Um, and Spurrier. I mean, that's yeah. – and Spurrier's the yeah. other one. So, uh, yeah, but even right. Kelly gave it up later in his career, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, I think Helfrich took it over yep. before mm-hmm. before yep. the transition in, in mm-hmm. 2012-13. Yeah. So is Scott going to go nuts <laughs> not be able to call plays? This is, so it's going to be hard for him tomorrow. Well, this is, the, this is the part that I think is really interesting, is the fact that that October 1st date is looming mm-hmm. to where, look, Trev could have picked any date. He could have picked any date for the buyout. October 1st, you're saying there's some meaning to that? He puts it smack in the middle of the season, which clearly ratchets up the pressure. So the question is, what if it's not going well with Whipple calling plays after two quarters? Does does Frost hit the panic button? There are things like that that interest me just as much because there is going to be – there's always pressure. But there is an insane amount of pressure from now through October 1st that it has to go well. If it's a mid-game thing, that's a disaster. Oh, oh right. Time. Yeah. If they decide they rip the keys, <laughs> they decide during a bye week. Well, let's add some intrigue to this. Some, you know, uh, an element of of a, of a mess to this. <laughs> Scott Frost has got to serve a five day suspension. Yeah. And it's probably gonna not probably it's gonna come during a bye week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After Oklahoma, probably. I suppose he could do it in October during the bye week. You could do it then too. Yeah. If he wants to take control of the offense and start calling plays after Oklahoma because Nebraska's two and two, oh, then uh, I don't think he's going to take his five days at that point. Right. Can't. Well, look, and I think that's the other thing about this this year too is it it seems pretty clear that you have assembled competent coaches who have had recent success. When you're talking about Mickey Joseph, he, you know he. He's had very recent success, been a good coach. He's developed, you know, good wide receivers that are the cream of the crop in the NFL. Whipple, obviously, did really good things with Pitt over the last few years. It's it's a question of whether or not Scott can really let them do their thing or not. And that, that requires a certain level of maturity, restraint, trust, while that October 1st date is looming. It's, it's, it, look... A quarterback from Texas, a receiver from LSU, a JUCO running back, 
an offensive coordinator from Pitt. I mean, that, that stuff doesn't just magically make a great meal. Running backs coach from TCU, you right. know. I mean, it's, it's man, it's offensive the, line coach from the Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah, right. That's never coached it a unit as the head guy. Pot. They are the melting pot of an offense this year by, by any any uh, debt description. We are we are making it really. From a, if we're painting here over in Dublin, Ireland, we're painting a bleak picture of man. There's a lot of things that got to come together to uh, to make October first just another day. Well, I don't necessarily feel like that overall in the big picture about how the offense is going to play on Saturday. I think they'll play it all right. Yeah, I I, I think that they have some advantages physically over Northwestern and and, and with yeah. experience because of Casey Thompson and you know guys like Travis Vokalek and and. Well, there's not a lot on the offense for Nebraska with a ton of experience, but I think the pe- there's people in the right spots mm-hmm. as leaders that are going to be able to get them through this without having a meltdown. And I, and I thought it was really interesting what Mark Whipple said on Wednesday. Sometimes Mark Whipple just gets really honest. More with Mitch Sherman. He is here from The Athletic. Mark Cranach is here. Cheers to you. We're having a Guinness at Sale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10. $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hail Varsity Roadshow, a Friday here at the Mary Cobbler. We're in Dublin, Ireland, Nebraska Northwestern tomorrow, Aviva Stadium. It's about five minutes away, Mark Cranach to my uh, left, and Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Our friend Brittany is in from Chicago, big-time Nebraska fan, and she is she is destroying some wings. Yeah, this is impressive. I, you don't think Ireland and wings? But, but you should. But then you smell it, and you're like, Ireland Mitch is going to come across the table. You know what? What's that to the left of the wings? Is, is that some slaw? Some, no, it's some type of sauce. Oh, some type of sauce. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe you, you know, empty beer glass is what I was thinking. So. <laughs> you know what? Um, Ireland has surprisingly good pizza. Dublin does. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like New York style. Okay. I, I don't know if it's the Irish style pizza, but there's a, ev- everywhere in the downtown part of this town has got good pizza. Huh. Um, well, pizza. It's not all good, but the, the <laughs> slice that I had for lunch yesterday was good. And they they strangely attempt to go and do like bison burgers and we barbecue. Had lamb. We had lamb last night. Okay. I'm not feeling the uh, not feeling the burgers over here, but uh, okay. obviously they do some things pretty well. You know, you hear bad stuff about the Irish food, and, and I, I had received some warnings before I came. <laughs> but if you pick and choose, they're really good at. At baked goods, mm. had a great cinnamon roll this morning. There's a donut right. place that I see like everywhere I go. Offbeat donuts, great. I had one of those mm-hmm. Reese's peanut butter cup donut. It was remarkably good. Yeah, so, man, Mitch, you're smiling about yeah. that. Cranach made uh, breakfast this morning: eggs and Irish bacon, and we've had a couple of uh, cups of coffee. In- incredible. You can't get regular coffee. Like they don't allow you to drink. First of all. Don't order an iced tea. I did that. They don't like drinks with ice. 
Right. So, you know, you can get like an iced latte or, or something mm-hmm. like that, but it's not that's not their specialty. Um, iced tea, that was a bad that was a bad move on my part. Mm-hmm. I ordered it and the waitress she looked at me like, Well you're obviously not from here. I'm not. So forget it, just give me water. Oh, I, I, then I got a Diet Coke, and the Diet Coke came in a glass bottle that was six ounces. Yeah. <laughs> right. With a wedge of lime and a, and, a, and a glass with two ice cubes in it. Okay. Uh-huh. But uh, no coffee, no regular coffee. It's got to be an Americano, a latte, some type of coffee drink. They don't Cappuccino. Dr- I, I, I just generally drink black coffee. Um, mm-hmm. And... You're not getting that here. No, no. They pull espresso and they make all kinds of stuff with it. Yeah. Also, they won't take your credit card. I saw earlier you tried to do that. They don't want it. They want. You, they will bring you the device and then you tap your card mm-hmm. or insert your card. So if you want a tip, Nebraska fans, if you're somehow listening to this and you're in Ireland and you want a tip, you have to add the tip before they run your card. Because there isn't like a tip. No, like yeah. not option. I mean, in, in the in the United States, you can tip. Everyone now. Well, and they, they want pay, to tip at Target, and but they, <laughs> they pay servers a living wage, so they don't rely on the tip. One tip here. at Target. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, but, and also, yeah, I just, if you I, want a tip, you got to do it before, so. That's uh, a good thing to know. Coming, well, I just jump in. Yeah, I know Mitch can't hear me, but it's kind of like a, a courtesy respect thing with the card taking in Europe. We studied this in my German class in high school. It's pretty common that. It's like a, a trustworthiness thing. You, you don't trust somebody to, to take your card and run it because, oh, what happens if they look up your credit card number and, and write it down for later? It's like one of those courtesy respect things where, why would I take your credit card? Like, I could do whatever with that. You just run it yourself. We'll settle it at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's how it goes. I will. The, the, the Irish people are, are very polite. They're awesome. Very polite, very nice, um, friendly. I had a lady on the, on the walk over here. I walked about uh, 2.4 kilometers to get over here. I'm, I'm going. I'm just going with it. You know, it's like it, it's 18 degrees outside right now, Celsius. Oh, jeez, you are fully um, converted. Right. So I had a, a lady I ran into on the way over here, and her dog was was looking me over, and she started laughing, and she said, uh, "Oh, my dog, uh, he thinks that you're my husband." And uh, I said, "Oh, okay." It's National Dog Day. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I mean, I just she and she was laughing, and, and I kind of laughed, and I gave her dog a pet, and I'm clearly not her husband, but <laughs> it's just. The people are, that I've run into, they're, they're great. The best. They're great. They're There's a so confused good. dog walking around right now. Like, he smelled so my, different. Are you my dad? Someone tell Mitch so that was different. a pickup line. Mitch Sherman's with us. <laughs> Elijah Herbalback in Lincoln. We're here in Dublin. Uh, Roadshow. We'll get to football. I cut you off. Yeah. But, and you, we talking were, about Whipple. We were talking to Whipple. And uh, Whip, you are, very honest. you are a thousand percent. He gets super honest. From time he to forgets. time, like he forgets who he's talking to sometimes. But he just doesn't care. Right. He's, he's just pretty. He's pretty. You know, lay it on the table. It's and, like the the day that he did the first interview at Nebraska back on February twenty eighth, at the start of spring practice, yeah. and he said he basically said Casey Thompson's the starting quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, <laughs> what do you think, guys? At least he's wearing shoes. Frost yeah. is like oh, open competition. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the head. Well, when it came to the starters, like that's the head coach's call. He made sure that yeah. He deferred there, but I'm excited to see Whipple. There's been a fear factor with Whipple and his pass to runoff uh, offense, and what's that ratio going to be? Whipple's going to be physical. He wants this offense to be physical, and he's going to do what he thinks is is easiest or most vulnerable for an opposing defense. What can we wail away on if we're the Nebraska offense? 
based on what I see for film and what I see strengths-wise from my own offensive guys. Well, what he said on Wednesday was that he is hopeful that Nebraska, or what he needs them to do is not to lose the game in the first quarter. Right. And everyone's thinking it. Yeah. You saw last year, it may not have all been the first quarter, but it was the second quarter. Yeah. It was the Cam Taylor-Britt throwing the ball in the air for a safety. It was the 30 yards and penalty on one play by Caleb Tanner. It was the scoop and score touchdown before Adrian lost the ball. You know that they have a tendency to do that, and or they did have a tendency to do that. And I think based on Whipple's comment, he's got some concerns that it could all come back. I think some of these people who came in from the outside, Casey Thompson, Mark Whipple, they've been the two most upfront about it. They're, they genuinely recognize in watching Nebraska play last year, seeing just going over film, talking to teammates, and, and in the case of Casey and players that, that Whipple has coached, that this is a wounded group. And it, it wouldn't take a lot for them to fall back into some of the old traps that cost them. Right. And they are really focused on getting Nebraska off on a good note so that all of the nightmares don't come back into their mind. You hear yeah. very similar comments yeah. from Thompson and from Whipple about being positive, mm-hmm. trying to make these guys feel good. As you know, if they make a mistake, okay, it's not the it's not about the mistake. It's how you respond to the mistake. Mm-hmm. It's been an issue with Nebraska for a long time, and it's good on them for recognizing that and being upfront about addressing it. That, I mean, that even goes back to Bo. Does. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been happening for a while. Um, what would what did you make? There there are a couple names that have surfaced in different ways recently. Um, so one, Caleb Tanner being elected a captain. I don't, I don't think anybody had that one pegged. No. Uh, and then Marcus Buford getting a black shirt. Yeah. He has done very little on the that. field so far. You did have that one. You called yeah. it but, back in back in the in the in the winter. I had that one. Yeah. So maybe I, as a corner, but it ended up being safety. I, I know he's been talked up quite a bit, right? Like the coaches love him, but he hasn't played a lot. Right. The, the guy just hasn't played a ton. So true freshman that, last year. And right. When he got on the field, he 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 made his presence known. Right. Yeah. What, what do you think it says, if anything, both of those things? The fact that Caleb Tanner is a captain that nobody had, and then Buford, he he played very sparingly last year. Um, he he did well. Not saying well, he, he was, did that, but I think to go from that to black shirt was surprising, yeah. considering they didn't name the full eleven. Um, I wasn't surprised about Buford at all. Um, if you talk to him, and I did last year, he has a presence. Mm-hmm. You talk to O'Shawn Mathis, he has a presence. Yeah. And Marquise Buford is four years younger than O'Shawn Mathis, but he's got that going on. Yeah. He's a Texas guy. Sure. And, and yeah, and and I do think sometimes those Texas guys, because of where they played and how they played in high school, the level, right. the the attention that was on the game, they come in a little bit ahead. Right. A lot of times, players from Nebraska or Iowa or wherever will catch up to them, and and then you can't tell a difference three, four years in, but early in their careers. Remember Rex Burkhead? And, oh, right. And the the um, just the the maturity that he right. had. Yeah, when he came into Nebraska, big stages. They played on big stages right. before. So they Buford's got some of that in, in yeah. his in, to, to his advantage. The other guy I'd say on that defense, and to answer your question, is Colton Feast. Right. Um, he's he's the other one where you're like, wow, 
um, this guy, this guy's a starter now. I mean, this is a big jump yeah. for somebody like that. Yeah. What it says about the defense is that Eric Chenander and his coaches, they develop players. Mm-hmm. That's pretty clear. That's not the way that Nebraska has found success on offense. And if they're going to have success on offense this year, it's going to be because they picked the right transfers, um, because they've gotten themselves to mesh and play as one. Why? Why? Why is one side of the ball developmental and you've seen it continue to move the right direction and now you're on a third offensive coordinator in year five on the offensive side of the ball? Why, why is it so yin It's a loaded question. <laughs> I know it is, but I'm, I'm just saying it out loud because you've got really talented folks and bright, bright minds on offense I think with Chenander, to your point about development, you've got just dudes that are gonna gonna grind away. In my humble opinion, on the defensive side of the ball, and I think you've got, I think you now have some guys uh, on the offensive side now that are gonna do the same. I think they'll grind away, and that's not a shot at past guys because I thought there were some decent coaches that that are no longer here. But it is a loaded question. But why, why does the defense get it as they? They're moving the right way. The offense, again, is in reset mode. Shenander and Travis Fisher are really good. Yeah. And Barrett Rude yeah. is really good when right. he gets his guys, and he, and he has them now. Yeah. I think Fisher and, and Chins, all, every, everything that they do, all the way around, from recruiting to player identification to development, all of that, they are among the best in the business at what they do. And someday, when they're gone – whether it's because Nebraska doesn't meet the standard that is required this year or because they get opportunities, and Travis Fisher has had them. And I think Chenander could have had them if he pursued them. Someday we're going to look back at those two guys in particular and say, I don't know that we appreciated him enough when they were here because they both do a great job of developing players. Look at the guys who've come out of the secondary for Nebraska, from DiCaprio Boodle to Lamar Jackson to Cam Taylor Britt. Now you got this next group of players with Quentin Newsom and Miles Farmer, I think there's going to be some NFL players in this group. You know, maybe it'll be Tommy Hill. Maybe it'll be, I think Buford is a future NFL player. You might have one in Deshaun Singleton or Omar Brown. He coaches guys up. He teaches them how to play. And I think it's the same thing with Chenander as a coordinator. You know, he coaches the Nichols. Look what he did with JoJo Dome in the last two years. Big time. Yeah. 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 Good coaches. Yep. Mitch Sherman. Mitch, thanks for popping by. Yeah. Appreciate you. Get another Guinness. Coming up, Bill Dolman and the Friday forecast with Hale Varsity. Hey, Storm Chasers fans. Your favorite baseball team is back at home August 23rd through the 28th when they take on the Rail Riders. It's a jam-packed series that includes a dollar beer night, Friday fireworks, a fun-filled Saturday with music by Lucas Minor and craft specials on Nebraska Brewing Company. And how about Imaginary Friend Day on Sunday? Stevie, you hear that? No. Stevie, stop. This is my mic. Sorry, folks. Stevie gets excited sometimes. Hey, hold on to that excitement and channel it on August 28th at 2.05. Sound good? All right. Fans, get your tickets now before it's too late. We'll see you soon. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back with you, Hale Varsity, here at the Mary Cobbler, the live radio and podcast going on here. 1853, when this pub was founded, Will has uh, had us in here. We're back tomorrow 
ahead of Nebraska and Northwestern in Dublin. And it's going to be shoulder to shoulder. It, yeah, and yeah. it's going to be awesome. Can't yeah. wait. Big big thanks to the friends at the Mary Cobbler that, that uh, have had us here, our friends from Executive Travel that hooked this up, and uh, the great folks from Union Bank and Trust that have helped send us this way. Cranach, hey, we've got Bill Dolman on the way. We spent time with Mitch Sherman. And we'll do more breakdown tomorrow ahead of kickoff here, one to three, again at the Mary Cobbler. But uh, just a, a great sense of not just relaxation, but what what a country, what what weather. Mm-hmm. This is fall without all the uh, the leaves and dust <laughs> right. in the air. Yeah, no, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a great. You've been atmosphere. you've been hiking already. Yeah, been, you went hiking to a mountain. Yeah, I've been 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 here a couple times before that, but. Yeah, and for all the people that were saying, you know, why in the heck, why is Nebraska playing in Ireland? Well, there's a couple different reasons. One of the reasons is, look, it's something that the Ireland Tourism Board wants to do. Um, They they want to bring American football here, and they can't get the NFL here, (laughs) right, at least so far. But they've got the Um, NFL on four different channels over here. No, they do. It's, it's, it's It's a growing sport in general, and... You know, relatively speaking, if you're going to go to another country, it's one of the easiest to get in and out of. Mm-hmm. It's not that far away. It's not like you're going deep into, you know, Central Europe or something like that. The language barrier doesn't exist. Um, so it's a relatively easy flight. The, the, the stadium works. There's a lot of, lot of reasons why it's good. We'll see how Nebraska responds on the way back. I think that's the bigger concern is that all of a sudden you got North Dakota coming up a week afterwards. Wait, right? wait. And so how are you going to readjust when you come back? That's a whole another whole another story. Mark, really the fast. Fan base has responded real quick, Elijah. Go for it. Go for it. 15,000. I mean, it looks like Hyde Park and Jerry Garcia's on guitar. Oh, you is that I mean? now? That's the, that's the podcast. That's the, uh, the, uh, the pep rally. The, the pep rally that's oh, going on. Oh, my goodness. I had not seen the video of that yet. Yeah, it just came out. Aaron Sorensen oh, doing a great geez. job of coverage with Hale Varsity. Yeah, that's the podcast going on. I mean, it's just nuts. The big red army. The, the right red army. It looks like college game day, mm-hmm. but in Dublin, Ireland. Watch like, out. that is absolutely Watch ridiculous. Out. Buy stock wow. in Jameson and Guinness. Right? Yeah, just no, do it now. It's, no, it's going to be really something else. By the way, kudos to you, the Nebraska Sportscaster of the Year, Chris Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> you are so committed to bringing everybody the Irish experience that you quite literally soaked inadvertently one of your earbuds in Guinness and are currently having that said earbud in your ear. So Guinness is now like going through your brain, coursing through that. You're also, that's just part of how you roll, man. Like you are just going to, there's a lot of, you know, Schmitz in Ireland. You're going to dip the mic in some like lamb stew later. Oh, I'm Uh, going to, here's what, here's what happened. I sat down Uh and I, I moved the non earbud. Uh huh. Out of the way. I flipped it. Yeah, it's like a planned bags. You're being a little logical here. I think you were trying to do it to, <laughs> no, to bring the experience to people. If I meant to do it, I couldn't do it. And we appreciate it. We Thank appreciate you, though, for, for pointing that out. Because Elijah saw it happen, too. And he's like, hey, Mark, do you see what that loser did? Well, and he was like, he was like, was that mashed potatoes? It's like, no, no that what? is a good, nice well, little foam. Well, it, it was, it was funny because he, he took that that earbud and he popped it in his mouth to get all the Guinness off. And I it, had to. I didn't have a napkin. On. <laughs> it was, okay. it was just caught. You don't know Something where that earbud's been. been. Stuck in his, well, well, you, you yeah, do, but like the grossness of your ear. Hygiene, back both, you both back off. Hey, now well, I still, you may have great hygiene, but I'm not sure I want to. 
dip anything into my ear and then put it straight in and, my and mouth. And Schmitty, you, that's, you, you could different. You could have your physician you know? listening right now. Tell me, do you use Q-tips to clean out your ears? I use Q-tips, and I will <laughs> use Q-tips first. And your, then your physician's disappointed already. Those are not for use in ears. Worse, but here's the thing. You do the liquid thing, okay? okay? It can really it can really mess you up. You do the liquid after if it's still. But the point is, is you don't go seven years between ear cleanings. This is true. Ear, ear cleanings? You're supposed to do that? What do you do with liquid? After, I have not after, heard of this. After, after your Q-tip. Oh. Well, have you seen the new? Uh, have you seen the ear candles that people Q-tips use this whole time? Where people put like the little the little mini candles in their ears, and apparently it draws all your earwax up to this candle. It does. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still just weird, weird to think about. I'll wake up, and I, I got to just be honest here. I'll wake up in the middle of the night. Erin will have her knee on my neck, and and she'll be, <laughs> she'll be making sure it it gets cleaned out. Okay. Well, we, we have gone off the rails here completely. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you. I mean, she's just kind of vicious. If, if we want to go a little bit more off like the rails, Mark mentioned just a little bit ago, like Husker fans don't have to go to Central Europe for this game. Like it's an easy flight. But what if they were playing in Central Europe? Can we envision just how like electric a nebraska rutgers game would be in like serbia that'd be great coliseum <laughs> I, I think we go coliseum yeah. instead of the, instead of serbia but no, no the, those fans in eastern they, they know how to party that's all i'm saying eastern european sports fans dublin's know how to done party it right dublin's done it right and they picked the right fan base because nebraska's here mm-hmm. in droves you want to reopen things up and kick off normalcy it's nebraska on the road it's nebraska fans traveling and it's folks like executive travel getting you to your destination love you paul well let's let's, let's quick we got about two minutes left here are there any other destinations you guys would like to see nebraska play at mexico city god this was number Mm. one for me really i was just like yeah absolutely perfect actually check check that x out mexico city give me cancun how about Honolulu? <laughs> oh. One, two, three, Cancun. Well, Nebraska's right. been to Honolulu. It's been a bit. It's been a bit. It was late yeah. 80s, that I think. It used to be the end of the end of they Devaney'd schedule Nebraska v. Hawaii early 80s. Yeah. If I, Pineapples were on sale and yeah. But in terms of practicality, now it would be different to do bowl games. Like they used why, to do the Hawaiian bowl. People loved mm-hmm. it. But yeah, why not do a bowl game in like Sydney? Right? You don't have to come back right away. That's a great point. Why don't we do some more international bowl games? Exactly. Because I think the only one we have right now is we have Puerto Rico, which isn't technically even like foreign soil. Bahamas. The Bahamas is another one. Caribbean. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we're going to talk to our people over here, the the Irish folks that we've met. Just be like, dude, get a bowl game. What are you doing kicking off the year with this thing? Well, next year's Navy Notre Dame. Yeah. Part two. That'll yeah. be good. Yeah. The Emerald Isle Bowl. It's got a ring to it. Nebraska needs to do this every five years. To come to Ireland? Come to Ireland. Specifically? Yes. Ireland specifically. the rotation now. Let's just book it for Nebraska Northwest. See, I'm Notre cool with Dame Nebraska in the rotation. internationally once Dame every five years. I'm not sure about just Gunpoint. We're going to play Nebraska Notre Dame over here. Done. That's probably going to happen, too. Right? When Notre yeah. Dame joins the Big Ten at Gunpoint, yeah. you are, uh, you're coming to Ireland. That would be good. Hey, yeah. this has been special for us. We've been, been buddies for several decades. Yeah, and uh, done radio together from college to to now. Yeah, and it's special. Twenty one years ago, uh, we went to South Bend. That's right. We ended up in Pennsylvania after the game somehow, <laughs> and uh, we made it back to Linebackers Bar. <laughs> <laughs> we did, and 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 we saw the Crouch take care of it, walk off in overtime. Right. If you're a Nebraska fan, we pray it's not that close tomorrow. But 
This is great, man. This is fun. We're in Dublin tomorrow. Mary Cobbler, 1 to 3, local time at the Mary Cobbler, 7 to 9 a.m., weekend edition with Hale Varsity Radio, Mark Crane and Chris Schmidt, and our dear friend uh, Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. Again, big thanks to Union Bank and Trust for making this happen. Winding down this first hour, coming up in hour two, Bill Dolman will join us. Uh, a couple of segments from him. And then the infamous Claus Borg. He's imaginary. He wears red. Our Friday forecast. We'll talk to you here. Hour two on the way with Hale Varsity. Chime in. 402-466-ESPN. Or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One last time here for hour one on a Friday edition of Hale Varsity Radio as we get you all geared up for Nebraska and Northwestern. We will have a Saturday morning edition coming your way from 7 to 9 a.m. You can stream that, and we should also have the podcast posted up before kickoff to get you all geared up. We still got an hour of the show upcoming as Coming up after the break here this hour, we're going to have Bill Dolman joining us to lead off our our two, excuse me, I should say. And I think Bill's going to be sticking around for two segments with us. And uh, we love chatting with Bill on a Friday. It's been a couple weeks as he's been getting acclimated to a new job. But uh, Billy D will be joining us. The pride of Fairbury for two segments next hour. We're also going to hear from uh, the man, the myth. The legend, all we really know about him is that he wears red. Clausburn will be joining us for our first edition of the Friday forecast that is coming your way at 540. So uh, about 50 minutes away, we're going to be talking to Claus. That is going to be fun stuff. Love talking to Claus. Before we get out of here this hour, I know Schmidt and Mark, they've been focused on the, the, the task at hand, which is Northwestern. And I believe those two are uh, off to the bar right now, going to belly up, uh, order themselves another Guinness and uh, get this second hour of the show rocking and something that hasn't gone by the wayside, I promise you. Uh, it's uh, recruiting talk and, and sometimes recruiting talk can get thrown to the side once the season gets going, but Nebraska picking up a big commitment yesterday from a four-star talent out of IMG Academy. It's a guy we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Cameron Linhart, uh, committing to the Huskers. He is a six-foot-three, 240, now maybe 250-pound, uh, going to call him a defensive end from down at IMG Academy, and uh, IMG has turned out Good players for years. Uh, I think of even Brock Bando, currently in the Nebraska roster. He was an IMG product, and uh, looks like he's going to be getting the start tomorrow at right guard. Nebraska now picking up another commitment, this time from Cameron Linhart. And I I say kind of a defensive end because we don't really know what the Husker coaching staff has planned uh, for Cameron Linhart. He's a guy that, through his prep career, has played everywhere from uh, hand-in-the-dirt defensive end to that edge position that we see from Garrett Nelson and Caleb Tanner and potentially O'Shawn Mathis this season where you can't have the hand-in-the-dirt. You could be uh, up on uh, just your, your two legs, no hand-in-the-dirt, but still playing that that outside contained position. Or uh, Linhart, even last season at IMG, uh, moved down the line of scrimmage a little bit and played that three-technique defensive tackle. So he's played all over, and at 6'3", 250 pounds, he's got that flexibility that he can do a couple of different things 
for IMG and potentially can do a couple of different things for Nebraska. So it's going to be intriguing to see uh, what Nebraska decides to do with Cameron Linhart. But uh, I think with a frame like that, he's a guy that could be college ready sooner rather than later. Six filled out. He, he needs to add a little bit of athleticism and maybe a little bit of bend if he wants to be an edge rusher at Nebraska. But a big recruiting win for Nebraska as they beat out Penn State. Uh, Penn State was high on Linhart's list. He visited there three or four times. But that June visit to Nebraska locked it up as uh, he was in town on June 24th. And two months later, almost to the day, he commits to Nebraska. Not necessarily out of nowhere. Uh, There was some momentum moving towards Nebraska's way. But nonetheless, that is a big recruiting win for Nebraska. Uh, That'll pretty much do it for us here this hour. We're going to return in about eight minutes, and that's when Bill Dolman will be joining the show as well as Clausburn. If you missed anything from hour one, including all of Mitch Sherman, you can check that out in podcast form. Uh, Hail Varsity's YouTube page or wherever you like to get your podcast, ESPNLincoln.com, another play, great place to get those segments. Uh, so that'll do it for hour one of Hail Varsity Radio. Hour two of Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery is coming up next. Bill Dolman is on the way. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge. It's a leading technology innovation serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone. You're not customer-facing. It's casual dress. And the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobsatfsc.com. This segment is presented by Union Bank and Trust. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you at Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio. The live pod and radio continues from the Mary Cobbler. Now, just word to the wise, we're back here 1 to 3 Dublin time tomorrow in front of Nebraska and Northwestern. Big thanks to Mitch Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic. He sat in and uh, was just wowed by the Mary Cobbler. We had our friend uh, Brittany crush some Irish wings. Did you order those yet, or are you waiting on it? Got some uh, cauliflower wings coming, which really aren't wings by any stretch. It's just a way to, you know. You've already been on a hike before. Keep your slim figure, right? That's the whole thing. We are cheersing Guinness. We welcome in the pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports is Bill Dolman. And if you're watching us on the stream and YouTube channel, Hail Varsity's YouTube page, uh, Bill, you're wearing your Irish green. I'm taunting you with a Guinness from Ireland. 
in hand. Do you want to say a shout-out to Jim Norlam Sr.? His son moved over here a few years back, but he listens to Hale Varsity. His dad, Jim Sr., listens, and then he wanted to shout-out to uh, uh, Angel and Steve Foster. They're in Curtis, Nebraska, out west. Uh, they're hearing us on uh, on Omaha's 590. So, uh, tip of the cap to the Norlams and Fosters, big red fans that'll be down for some tailgates stateside. Bill, we are smiling at the experience, the people, the food, and uh, yes, football tomorrow. You've been over here to see Van Morrison. You should have rolled with us to see some football tomorrow. <laughs> You know, I wish I could be there, but uh, somebody's got to, you know, hold things down here in Nebraska. But I'm just so proud of you for uh, trying your first authentic, real Guinness uh, in the land of Guinness. So very, very good on you guys for doing that. I thought Mary Cobbler was somebody that you met. I didn't realize it was the bar that you were at. I was also going through some of my new vocabulary uh, that I've learned on your show the last couple of days. Um, Rudy. I guess is something that I don't want to uh, talk about at mixed company. No, and, apparently not. Um, and Mary doesn't have anything to do with the cute, uh, cute, whore? What? cute tour. Cute tour. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. yes. Right. No, it's actually spelled the way you would think, though. No, no. Yes. I, I threw it in the private chat. Uh, how uh, how it looks. It, it's two words, and yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, whore. Mm-hmm. Poor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, makes a lot, that makes it a lot better. Okay. So I thought, and, and just off to the side, did you get a rack of lamb? So I just ordered, This here's the thing. Like they value, things are priced differently the, the, in they, different they, countries. The, the rack of lamb here at the no, American. No, no, this is the ribs Those appetizer. are the ribs? Oh, wow, they look like rack of lamb. 10 euros, Sorry. and it's probably 15 bones total. Um, so that'll work. Mitch Sherman's uh, plotting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't know what, how they're gonna do barbecue wise over here, but you know, as long as you smoke the meat well, it should be fine. And, and tell me, what is the, what is the conversion rate between euro and, and U.S. dollar look like? Has has the U.S. dollar just finally overtaken the the, the euro in terms of value? Which is uh, worth more right now? The, no, it's uh, one dollar equals like a dollar twenty euro, mm. roughly. Well, and so I'm gonna bring this back to football. What's the conversion rate going to be, Dolman, with yards and points for the offense under Whipple? You know, this all-star team that Nebraska has assembled uh, for the 2022 season, uh, everybody still has, you know, name tags, not just names on the back of the jersey this year. They're still wearing wearing name tags, you know, that you get at the Holiday Inn when you go down for a convention. They still have those in the front of their jersey so that everybody knows who everybody is and where they came from. But I do think that that has to, even though it may be difficult, I do think that it has to translate into better production. I, I would think that those guys would probably all come together because they all came to Nebraska for a reason. They all left where they were for a reason. They all came to Nebraska for a reason. Whether that is somewhat of selfish intent, which you know it probably is. I want to get mine. I want to get my numbers, and I want to get going. But. I do think that they all came here thinking, you know what, we can make a difference here. So I would think that Mark Whipple and Scott Frost and all those guys have the newcomers on the right page going in the right direction. Is it going to gel right away? Hard to say. 
I see that 50 point over under number and I think uh, I think that's pretty tough for both teams to get there when you've got so many newcomers on Nebraska. Yeah. But I just I just think that after what Nebraska's been through that this is going to work. Uh, I think it's going to work fairly quickly. I think Casey Thompson's experience is important. I like Nebraska's quarterback situation better than Northwestern's and their guys Same. coming back. Oh yeah. You know? And by the way, yeah. does anybody know who Nebraska is playing tomorrow? Nobody's talking about Northwestern. I mean, I no. peruse the internet. I look at the preview. You, nobody is talking. Nobody has talked about <laughs> Northwestern until really today. That it's yeah. oh, the season begins tomorrow, and it's Nebraska and it's rolling the dice. Northwestern. That's who they're playing. So we're going to break down the game. For the past yeah. several weeks, for months, it's been Nebraska. And it goes back to what I always say, Nebraska matters. Well, well Bill, I'll just, I'll just hop on that real quick because this week I was doing some heavy legwork trying to find a Northwestern beat writer we could bring on the show. And I looked around, they just don't exist. There's no such thing as Northwestern beat writer. I mean, there's like one on Twitter I found. Like, what are you going to do with that? The Fairbury Journal News is probably next door to you covering the game. I mean, everybody in Nebraska is paying attention to this. The Jacksonville Sun probably has somebody there covering the game. But you're right. It, it just In Northwestern, it's a little bit like, you know, what I've left in Denver. Nobody's paying it. Nobody pays attention to the University of Colorado unless they're playing Nebraska, you know, every few years. But for the most part, I don't even think people in Colorado know that the college football season begins this weekend. And I don't know if anybody in Chicago knows that the college football season begins this weekend because they're talking Cubs, White Sox, and Bears. And the Blackhawks yeah. get started pretty soon. So, you know, all of the attention, once again, is on Nebraska. Yeah, Bill, you mentioned that you don't know if the offense is going to gel right away. I think the other big the other big change that Nebraska's made is on the special teams this year. They brought in new specialists. They brought in a special teams coordinator in Bill Bush. He's a very accomplished and veteran veteran coach. Do you think special teams can gel much sooner? Um, and do you expect Nebraska to show market improvement this year and perhaps even here in week zero? As long as Bill can say, hunt the ball this way and the ball goes that way, win. <laughs> yeah. If the first couple of extra points of the season are good and not adventurous and you know, clanking out the posts, I think that's a great sign. You know, as long as guys are going down and hitting people and making tackles and, and making sure that's, you know, I think on special teams the last couple of years, in addition to the wayward kicks, the wayward punts and seeing punters roam uh, around Memorial Stadium for 48 yards, I think the tackling on special teams, as I've looked back, and has not been that good, which is really surprising because the guys you want on special teams are the guys who are trying to make a name for themselves. But I don't think we've seen necessarily great tackling on special teams. And and guys are getting, you know, five to fifteen to twenty yards on a return when they should not at all. So I that actually is maybe something I'm gonna look at more closely tomorrow. I hope the kicks are good. <laughs> Come on. But I, I hope that the tackling on kickoffs and punt returns, uh, or punt coverage is better than what we've seen in the past. Bill Dolman with us, Friday Fairbury, NBC Sports, Hale Varsity Radio, Roadshow Friday. We're here at the Mary Cobbler. 
And uh, Cranac, you go ahead, man. If you want to, no. you got your fork. <laughs> you, you are. <laughs> you're gonna either, on those things. Come on. You're, you're either going to use that on me or or not. Uh, put it in my eye. So so use it. Okay. But I want to go back to special teams for a minute, Bill. And you have the practice what you preach mentality. You have Bill Bush talking about how huge it is. And you have Bill Bush demanding that starters, the best athletes, get on the field to, to participate in this. It's not, well, let's put a Band-Aid on this thing because it's not important. It's gotten you killed in different games the last three years. It's been a grenade. You, 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 you fumbled around and bang, it, it blew up. It's, not, it's one thing to, to have Bill Bush stand on the table and see how big they are. But it's quite another for Bill Bush to be able to say, yeah, you're a starting wide receiver. You're a starting running back in Ramir Johnson. You've started a lot of ball games. And this is how it used to be. You'd have Wistrom on special teams. You'd have Rucker. You've had McAvicki. You'd have guys that are big-time names playing. And, and Bama does it. Nebraska is not too good to uh, – to invoke this and finally they get it and it took bill bush coming here to do it and it took bill bush to really uh be given the the rain to do it and and you've got all the other coaches pitching in that's going to be worth three to, to to seven points a game for nebraska just in coverage and execution and and maybe even more points if you get someone else to to screw up and, and, and mishandle things on their end the way Nebraska's done over the years. You know, if, if thinking about Bill, and, and you know, here, here's a guy who's from Pender. He's a Nebraska native. He's like us, and he remembers what it was like back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he cut his teeth in coaching under Coach Osborne, you know, and, and knew what it was like when every detail was covered and every deal was per, detail was perfected. And I would bet that when he became the special teams coordinator, or even maybe last year when he, he was an analyst, he probably sat in his office in the quiet of the night sometimes thinking, you know, this just isn't the way we took we, we paid attention to detail. And I would think that there is a certain pride that he remembers, you know, that back in the day that everything was covered and everything was covered well. And it wasn't just, okay, you guys go out there because uh, you're, the, you're the first 11 I see. So I would I would think that there's probably a lot of pride being coached into that unit based just on where Bill's roots are as a, as a college football coach, and if if it's special teams and that's where the detail has to be, then maybe Nebraska is going to be markedly better just because of the pride Bill has and what his roots were, and now he's got the opportunity to put his stamp on one area of this football team that could stand to show the absolute most improvement. And Nebraska always treated special teams as as important as offense and defense. And I'm not sure we can necessarily say that the last four or five years or 20. Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. We got about four minutes left uh, here in this segment. Bill, are we going another segment with Bill, Chris? You tell me. We are. We have two. Okay, okay, okay. So, Bill. Unless he runs away. So, Bill, I can stick with the special teams. That was my question. I didn't know if I wanted to stick with the special teams or move elsewhere. But with the special teams, one thing that we haven't really seen, and this almost feels like the way college football is moving, and it gets overlooked a little bit in the special teams sense, is that return game itself. I mean, when the kicking's this bad, when the punting's this bad, when the tackling's this bad, you kind of forget that. 
hey, you know what? Nebraska's allowed to have a punt return, or hey, Nebraska's allowed to have a kick return, and uh, it feels like Nebraska has better options back there, and while it's getting overlooked a little bit, how much can that change the game tomorrow if, say, Nebraska breaks off a 40-yard punt return from Trey Palmer, or if someone decides to take one out of the end zone and uh, actually gets out to the 20 for once when they when they take it out in a kickoff? <laughs> I mean, that is something that just gets so overlooked, yet it, it can be a huge factor in the game, or a swing play that Nebraska is yet to see in, in special teams under Scott Frost, that, that swing play where nebraska maybe even houses a punt you know you're right uh and, and the, men, the mental game of special teams uh i think could play a huge factor in the success not just tomorrow but the entire part of the season if they've got confidence that they might get good field position that they're going to play crisply and do the right things and make wise decisions don't bring it out when you when you feel it five yards in the end zone you start off first and ten at the seven you know i, I think that there are a lot of a lot of ways the the special teams play could have a huge mental impact on how Nebraska performs tomorrow and throughout the course of the season. Because, look, how many times did fans watch last year and you're just thinking, okay, here's the extra point. What's going to happen? Here's the punt. Where is it going to go? Are they going to catch the punt? You know, are they going to get a safety on a punt return? I mean, think of all of the, of the things that have been detrimental and just been a buzzkill as you get ready to go take the field and you start at the seven yard line or you got a safety on a punt or you kick the ball the wrong way. And all of a sudden that just continually accumulates throughout the course of the season where special teams aren't, you know, some may, be, may think of them as an afterthought. It was almost a first thought, first thought, like what can go wrong now? If that can be eliminated and special teams just plays consistently and smartly, then then that then you're going to be able to maintain an edge throughout the course of the game. I think that's a great point just in terms of how much of a swing it can have in the mental aspect of a game. I mean, seriously, when we would punt in the last couple of years, didn't you think, oh, my God, what could happen now? Or You're, somebody you're goes scared. Back to, right. You're how, scared. Did you ever feel that way even when Mike Stiggy was punting Never. or Darren Erstad or Chris Brown was kicking you? It was just kind of automatic. You're just so confident in the special teams play. But now you're thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, what could happen? What could happen? What could happen? If they can eliminate that, that's a win. Bill Dolman's with us. Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. We're here at the Mary Cobbler Roadshow Friday. It's been incredible to be here in Dublin as we get you ready for Nebraska Northwestern. Mark Cranach is crushing ribs. There is a little bit of Guinness left. Bill Dolman is jealous of the Guinness intake. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN studios. A quick timeout. We'll continue on hour two. Your friends at Union Bank and Trust help and make this possible. Hail Varsity continues here live in Dublin at the Mary Cobbler. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're here at the Mary Cobbler 
uh, denied. You were offering our friend Brittany some some more wings, some more ribs here at the Mary Cobbler. She said, get out of here. She said, forget about it. <laughs> How is the Guinness treating you? Delicious. Delicious, yeah. Uh, she's like, yeah, that one's mine, yeah. Cranach is, is working on his. Chris Schmidt, Mitch Sherman hanging out. Good to spend time with him in hour one. Elijah is going to get a, a hug and a thank you. And uh, when we get back to uh, the States and Bill Dolman wearing his Irish green. That is beautiful. I love the Northwestern tribute with to the Irish flag with their N on the helmet. Uh, we talked in hour one about the red N on so many drivers' vehicles here in Dublin. <laughs> but that stands for novice drivers. Watch the hell out. I'm going to make Junior put a giant. I'm going to make Junior put three red ends on whatever vehicle he's driving when he turns 16 in November. You know, my, my daughter drives around with a Lincoln Salt Dogs uh, license plate uh, holder on her car out in, in, oh, uh, in Denver. Yeah, yeah. But uh, word to the wise, for those of you uh, who uh, ever make a trip over to uh, Dublin, I know you can't get there now, but don't ever order a Coke or an O'Doul's at an Irish pub. That might get you tossed out on your backside. We're, yeah, that's well, a voice of we experience, talking, I might add. We're talking to our friend David, who's uh, sitting at the table. He's pretty giving the thumbs up, and he started watching American football when he was 11 and was a big Cowboys fan, Danny White. It was his guy. And he, uh, he's, uh, he's excited for it. And I think, I mean, Trev Alberts sending out some tweets a little earlier today with the pep rally. And, I mean, it looks like you have a, a Red Army invasion, the, the right type of Red Army. But the, uh, the Aer Lingus fans and folks are expecting forty to 42,000 tomorrow. And I think 16 of that, 16,000 folks from Ireland. So... Uh, you're going to have uh, good Nebraska numbers here, and uh, Will Bond's here, so he'll find a TV set and some uh, some some angry takes McHale? to spew. No, oh. not Mikhail Wilbon, Michael oh, okay. Wilbon. <laughs> Michael Wilbon might be the only Northwestern fans that knows that knows that they're playing tomorrow. There have not been many, you know, on the flight over from Atlanta. I would say guys. thirty to forty percent of them were Husker fans yeah. on the plane, and I would say. 0.05% were Northwestern fans. There was like four. Uh, I, would just not, a, you know. I would not doubt if there's some Nebraska fans who right now are sitting somewhere stateside going, we can make it over there. I bet, there's some, I, I bet there's some walk-up Husker fans tomorrow. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that. We are bringing the, the wonderful bartenders here at the Mary Cobbler. You left them a Herbie Husker shirt. Yep, give him a Herbie Husker shirt. And I'm giving him a black shirt, the Hale Varsity T-shirt that says black shirts on it. So uh, we've got a couple of sweet gals and and, uh, and and her boyfriend that are attending bar. And the gentleman who owns Mary Cobbler. Yeah, Will. Will yeah. Is, is just great. The, the Irish rugby team and their coaches drink here. Oh, we they're very years. close to the stadium. You're a five-minute walk from the stadium. Yeah. yeah. Which is a it's, it's a good thing. And now let's let's get back to this coming up game with Nebraska and Northwestern. And we were talking about special teams earlier. I, I want to get your take on this bill too, especially um, one change that is being made at kick return. You haven't seen this too often, but it sounds like it's going to be Anthony Grant. And Anthony Grant is 
kind of a pro-style tailback, if there's such a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, 205, 210 pounds, runs hard, squarely built, powerful guy, good speed. That was something that was pretty routine in the heyday, is that the eyebacks would be your kick returners. You have options there. You can go receiver, you can go DB. There's a lot of different options. But in particular, in the heyday, the kick returners were usually tailbacks. Nebraska's going back to that with Anthony Grant. Do you think that could pay dividends? Absolutely. Because that, that running back room is is so deep, you know, with, with returning guys and talented newcomers, and guys are going to want to get on the field. And if that's the way they're going to get on the field, then they've got to make the most of those opportunities. Uh, now, is Ramir Johnson going to be the, the lone tailback that's going to get 30 carries in a game? No, I don't think anybody believes that. And I think we're going to see him line up all over the field. But if you tell Anthony Grant, you know, this is an opportunity for you to make your mark and to get to make some big plays. And also, look, you might get an opportunity at the next level. And if you can return kicks, Amir Abdul has made somewhat of a living in the NFL the last few years of the quality college running back who's been a kick returner in the NFL now for, what, like seven teams? But nevertheless, he's getting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And if you get those guys saying, look, this is an incredibly important part of what we're trying to do, and you can have a huge impact on this game, and it might get you some more carries later on. If you embrace this role, and, and Bill Bush and those guys challenge them that this is an opportunity for you, this is not an afterthought, you know, I think it's I think it's a very wise move. Of course, one of the most infamous plays in Nebraska football history was at Kansas State back in what 1982-83, when Mike Rozier, the Heisman Trophy winner, takes a takes a kickoff in the Kansas State end zone, runs it out to the two, then backs up and takes a safety. Okay, we can laugh about the punt return uh, for a safety last year, or we can't laugh about that. We can be dismayed by that one because we lose the game. The Rozier thing is kind of funny because Nebraska had to come from behind to beat Kansas State like 62 to 2. But Mike Rozier, the Heisman Trophy winner, was returning kicks back in the day. And Tom said every play on the field is important. And if you convince those guys that it is, then they're going to pay dividends for you. And yeah, it's been different in the past. I mean, I think Dewan Gross was a great, you know, punt returner for Nebraska, sure handed, and had some big plays. He was a defensive back. I remember Mike Fullman back in the day was about five foot six, and that was his job, you know. So any number of people have had that role, but if you can get a quality running back like that to make plays, big plays, big deal. Well, Bill, you mentioned the, the depth of that Husker running back room. I think a lot of people are using that, that Ramir Johnson move from wide receiver to wide back or, or whatever they're going to have with him. Where he's out kind of playing wide receiver this year. People using that saying, well, that's your starting running back last season. Now there's no room for him in the running back room. But uh, on the flip side of things, could this be something that we look back on in, in I mean, a week and say, oh, they moved Ramir Johnson to wide receiver because there's no other talent in the wide receiver room. I've been seeing people talking on Twitter, who's going to be the leading wide receiver for Nebraska this season? And I go, well, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you who the starters are even going to be in that wide receiver room. Could this be a situation where we look back and just go, oh, that's why they moved uh, Ramir Johnson to wide receiver? You know, I I think of Wandale Robinson a little bit with the Ramir Johnson situation that Exactly. You know, they moved him all over the field, and, and Wandale Robinson may not have been all that enamored with how they were using him, and but, that's why he went to Kentucky and out of the NFL. So is Ramir Johnson accepting this role where they say, okay, you are starting running back last year. You're still going to get carries, but you're also going to be catching passes. 
you're going to show your versatility. We're going to use you a lot because we've got other great players, you know, on the, in, in the running back room that we want to utilize, and we want to make you a weapon. And if he can embrace it more so than Wandale, you know, did, I really do. I think that's kind of the same thing. But but, but I also look back at Wandale and say, well, they were using him at running back because now I look back in that talent and go, or that room and go, oh, there wasn't very much talent in that running back right. room. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. But now you have Ramir Johnson, who proved himself last year, not the biggest guy in that room by any stretch of the imagination, but got a lot of heart and guy has experience. But they're going to utilize that. And if Mark Whipple – now, we've not seen a Mark Whipple coach the Nebraska football offense yet, so we don't know how he's going to use him necessarily. But I think if you say, look, you've got experience, you've got talent, you're tough. I think you proved that last year. We want to use you. And if that gets some other guys on the field, you know, uh, I, again, I, I, Gabe Irvin seems to just get lost in conversation. But, you know, all those guys, what are there, six? Six decent running backs? You know, AJ I think Allen, about to find out. Emmett AJ Johnson. Yeah. You've got some young pups that Jacquez Yant. Yant's yeah. pretty good, but Bill, they have options and the and they're pretty vetted options. It's not a situation where a guy is brought in that's highly touted and then leaves the program. You've guy you've had guys stick through spring and now through summer and, and they're here in Ireland. So if they want to leave they gotta start swimming, right? I mean so I read a got, I read a preview. I read a preview about Nebraska uh, wide receivers, and they said Nebraska doesn't have anything in the wide receiver room. They lost a lot. I guess Samari Toure, uh, Austin he's, Allen. He's good. Right, right. But it was like, and all that's left is Omar Manning. I'm like, oh, oh I think there's a lot more in there than Omar Manning. I, I, I do think to- there's there's a gap after Trey. I think there's there's some some catch up, some makeup to do, and and that also you got to be available if you're Omar Manning because I think Omar's if if you're talking about a body type and, and a flex possibility, I mean it's six three six four, that guy could be a beast. You've compared him a lot to Des Bryant body type wise. Body type wise, yeah, yeah. that's what he is. Uh, but there but there are more options out there for Nebraska than just well nobody. Nobody other than Omar Manning. I mean, you've got Bokalek, I think, is going to be an Austin Allen-like tight end. That's going to be a safety. Marcus Washington, Omar Manning, Trey Palmer, Ramir Johnson. I, I just think that there's a lot more going on with Nebraska's receiving game than people give them credit for. Yeah, it feels like you have threats now, right? Like, you do have those threats. Can the quarterback deliver the ball? Can the offensive line protect in order for that to happen? Those are all questions we just don't know until we – until we actually see this team come out there under a different offensive line coach. Because I think we can all say, look, I, I'm, I'm sure Greg Austin, he, he did do good things at UCF, and he's done good things before. It's not an indictment it's not good on enough, him. Good enough things but, get hired by some big-time people. Well, right, but, but for whatever reason, the offensive line just flat out did not perform well last year, period. That's not talking smack on anybody except the performance, will that change enough to be able to actually use these weapons? Bill, we got to say goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us. And what we do, Dublin, Ireland, we're out of Guinness almost. We got to say goodbye. (laughs) I understand understand now. Okay. Okay. So give me your score prediction. People love this. Bill Dolman says what? Well, I, I, I see Nebraska as a 13-point favorite, and I, and I think Nebraska will cover. I, I, th- I think that Casey Thompson's experience, I think his chemistry with Marcus Washington, I think Amir Johnson, the offensive line is going to be key. But I think Nebraska covers this. I think the 50-point margin 
over-under is going to be tough for both teams to reach. But Nebraska covers 13 to minus one. Bill <laughs> <laughs> Dolman says 13 minus minus one Nebraska. Wow. That's, That's a good one. Good. They're going to cover. They'll, they're going to cover. cover. They yep. will cover. Uh, give uh, Sir Shags a lot a hug, your pup. <laughs> All right. Is that his actual name? I will. That's his name, is Shags. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We may have to switch to Jameson. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Billy D, we love you, brother. We'll see you when we get back. Thanks, bro. All right, boys. Enjoy the game and uh, go Big Red. And I can't wait to hear Crane give me a yabba dabba do with eating that uh, plate of lamb. Uh, lamb <laughs> good on you, boys. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, we're winding down a Friday road show here from the Mary Cobbler, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman, Bill Dolman for being with us. As uh, it is that time, <laughs> we are getting the Friday forecast kicked off from Dublin. And uh, he is imaginary. He wears red. The infamous Clausburn is with us. Claus, you ready for 2022 kickoff? We made it across the pond and uh, we're doing well. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay. Certainly ready to see some games get played. little disappointed in the Irish people, though. They are what uh, I believe young folks like you and Marcus uh, would call posers. <laughs> I've been seeing all these cars with red ends in the back, and not one of them has been able to give me their take on the read option abilities of Casey Thompson or the attacking linebacker mentality that I'm hoping we bring. So every time I've tried to strike up a conversation, all they've been able to discuss with me is pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, and blue diamonds. So a little bit disappointed in that, but certainly ready to see the game. Clausbert is with us. You know that N is, is for, for novice, not knowledge in Ireland because of – and I love this idea. I mean, I'm going to make Junior put a, a red sticker on his vehicle when he turns 16 – for three years, I'm going to go the extra year uh, versus the two years you require to do so in in Ireland here if you're a new driver. I think it's a brilliant idea. Well, Christopher, if you're the one teaching him to drive, we might want to bump that to 10. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, get into some college football predictions as it is the Friday forecast. And, you know, it's interesting here with the Big Ten, Wyoming, the Fighting Craig Bowles, or underdog to last year's Week Zero opponent, the Pig Farmer and Brett Bielema. The Illini hosting Wyoming will start there. They're the 9 o'clock showing on BTN. We'll get to Nebraska-Northwestern in a bit. But, Elijah, you get us kicked off here. Are you going Powder River, River Buck, or are you going to go with the Illini who were not far off from being bowl eligible last year. They finished five and seven. One more time. What was the line? 
minus 13, Illinois. Ooh, that's a steep line for week one. It's so hard to predict games in, in week one just because we don't know anything about these teams. But last I checked, Wyoming does not have a guy on the roster named Josh Allen. So I'm going to take Illinois to win, and I think they win by at least 10, but that 13 number is going to be hard to come by. So give me Illinois winning this game. Uh, 27 to 17 over Wyoming, a win, but no cover for the Fighting Illini. 10 point win for the Wyoming. What do you think, Cranach? You like well, uh, Craig Bull? Yeah, I've studied Wyoming extensively. You don't give two dams about <laughs> this game. Uh, yeah, no. I, I know a ton about them. I watch every single game. Uh, yeah, don't know a ton about Wyoming, but have followed their program obviously with sure. Craig Bull for for quite some time. Zach Duvall, baby. You know, I, I think you're face. You got a couple of teams that are fairly similar in terms of how they approach things, uh, but I think Bielema, I think he's a good fit at Illinois. I'm, I'm bullish. Time. I'm bullish on Bielema at Illinois. I think what he did in year one was about as good as you could expect, if not better. And so I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Illinois 31, and I'll go Wyoming 13. That's a reciprocal, by the way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a little. I think Illinois will will get an extra score here on Wyoming. I think Bielema is going to get them bowl eligible this year. Uh, I like their defense. I like their physicality. They won at Penn State last year, low-scoring ball game. They that was a great game to watch. That yeah, it was just five million up, overtime. We're, we're going to line up with fifty-eight eight offensive linemen and just yeah. go bumper car on you. Cool. So I think they get it done, thirty to thirteen, the win and the cover for the Illini. Clausburn, what happens here with the Cowboys and the Illini? Well, first of all, I'm just impressed that anybody associated with this program knows the word reciprocal, so congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. But I've got to say, I'm a little conflicted. I think Illinois has more talent, but uh, Wyoming's uh, future and former coaches uh, of Nebraska make up roughly 12% of Wyoming's all-time population, so I don't know really which way to go. I suppose you guys are the experts, air quotes, so I'll agree and take Illinois 27 and Wyoming 10. All right, 17-point win. Let's get to the main attraction that is Nebraska, that is Northwestern in Dublin, the Friday forecast. Here at the Mary Cobbler, bless these folks, uh, we'll be here tomorrow from 1 to 3 local time, a regular 7 to 9 a.m. weekend edition time. And the, the line at 13 and a half, the over-under right at 50 or around there. And uh, I'm going to jump into the pool first. And I'm going to say Nebraska does something they haven't done, and that's win a close ball game tomorrow. I think Nebraska finds enough uh, defensively hmm. and can lean on a run game offensively. Yeah. I'm going 27-17. I think they'll be much better in special teams, at least – uh, to start things off, I like the focus, I like the changes, and I like where Nebraska is going to be uh, from a confidence standpoint. They'll just probably play some boring football tomorrow, but that's okay. That's a step in the right direction. Uh, win, but no cover. Uh, a 10-point win, 27-17 is what I say. Elijah, you're up. 
Yeah, I, I think this defense really battens down the hatches tomorrow for Nebraska. I think the under 50 and a half is almost guaranteed at, at this point. That number even feels inflated to me. And I'm going to change Krennic's up. doing a rain dance next. So <laughs> You know what? I, I think Northwestern probably keeps this game close at the end. That's what a Pat Fitzgerald team does. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I think the Husker defense is too much. And the offense is going to do just enough to get the win. So give me Nebraska winning this game 24 to 20. Under hits. Uh, but Nebraska does not cover that 13 and a half point spread. That, that spread is huge for this Husker team. Mark Cranack with us. What do you say? I think when you have an offensive coordinator from Pitt and a quarterback from Texas and a running back from Juco and a deep threat from LSU and, and trying to meld that all together. Did I say Texas? What did I say? No, I said, oh, and I Texas. said Texas. Yeah, Marcus Washington. Um, I, I don't think that all melds together into some sort of you know, magic rit- cover. Yeah, I don't think that that <laughs> melds together beautifully in week one. And I, I, but I still think that, similar to what you're saying, Elijah. I think the defense is is tough enough, and I don't think Northwestern is talented enough to do much there. Pretty similar score. I got 24-17. I don't think there's any way that Nebraska covers here. I don't see there's any way that it's it's a big scoring game. I do think you're going to see quite a bit of Ramir Johnson in different ways as they try to get the offense going. Claus, your shot, your call. Come on, what's happening? Well, obviously a game in Ireland, there's going to be some luck involved. And you might think that it's on the side of Northwestern. They've got the Irish flag behind their helmet logo, and they dye the river green in Chicago every year, which I still maintain is the fault of the Dave Matthews band. (laughs) One of you got it. But really, if you look at it, Nebraska's got way more Irish history. Of course, our patron saint, Bob Devaney, if he were any more Irish, his blood type would have been Jameson. (laughs) Garth Brooks has a song named Ireland, and he has sold out our stadium just as well as we have. Plus, we've got an official registered limerick writer on our staff here. And he wrote this limerick. Scott Frost is the coach of the Huskers. His decisions have left some fans flustered, but now we've got QB1, and now that that's done, many big wins will be mustered. Nebraska 44 and Northwestern 20. Wow. Clausburn says the hammer is dropped 44 to 20. Claus, we appreciate you. Thanks for hanging in with us. Okay. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Friday edition of Hail Varsity Radio, we are presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Elijah Herbal. Uh, here in the studios of ESPN Lincoln, taking you through the last couple minutes of the show today as Chris and Mark. Yesterday I said off to bed, and I would say that again today as it's uh, 11.54 Dublin time, but knowing Chris and Mark, they're probably off to hit another bar or two and taking the scene in Dublin before they uh, they get off to bed tonight because it's an early wake-up call for me tomorrow. Uh, I'll be in studio about 6.30 as we're going to get the uh, Saturday morning edition rocking from 7 to 9 a.m. 
And uh, you can catch us streaming on ESPNLincoln.com. That's for our listeners across the state who can't catch us uh, going live from 7 to 9. And uh, we're also going to have that podcast up before kickoff tomorrow so you can catch us in podcast form as well. But the best way to catch us will be in pod, or excuse me, in live form online, ESPNLincoln.com. Check us out. It's going to be Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. They're going to be back at the Mary Cobbler tomorrow. And Sounds like we're working on getting Brandon Vogel in on site. Maybe uh, an Aaron Sorensen spotting as well as uh, those two are uh, your team on hand in Dublin covering the Huskers as they take on Northwestern. And uh, we are 16 hours away from kickoff right now, so uh, time is flying. Uh, That game will be here before you know it. And uh, we're also going to have a reaction show for our local listeners immediately following postgame. But uh, our real reaction show here on Hale Varsity Radio will be Monday afternoon from 4 to 6. So uh, check us out for the reaction win, loss, or God forbid a tie. We will react to it all. We'll be fielding your calls Monday, 402-466-3776. Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach will still be on scene on in Dublin. They uh, fly back for the United States on Tuesday. So uh, lucky to have them again on Monday to get all the reaction to Nebraska versus Northwestern. Locked in our uh, predictions. We all have Nebraska winning, so uh, if it goes the other way, I'm sure uh, everyone listening at home will want to chime in and give their thoughts on the game. And uh, even with a win as well, that's uh, an option too. You can give us a call. Give us a tweet at Herbal Essences for me, at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris Schmidt, and at H Varsity Radio for the radio show as a whole. Give us a reaction to the game while it's happening tomorrow. I know I'll be on Twitter uh, throwing up some tweets and uh, love to get your thoughts on the game as well. So that's how you connect with us during the game tomorrow if you missed anything from the show today you can check it out in podcast form i'll start off by plugging the hail varsity youtube page it's a great way uh, to get connected with us we see your comments to whoever it was it wasn't an actual name but they commented that they thought i was checking out a girl in the bar yesterday on the show i deny these allegations I would not be distracted during a time like this. Football season is upon us. My eyes are only firmly locked upon Husker football. Uh, That's why I'm a professional. Would never be distracted by a woman at the bar. So uh, let that be uh, a lesson to you that A, I care about football, and B, we also see your comments on the Hale Varsity YouTube page. So if you have some show thoughts, uh, give us those thoughts in uh, the Hale Varsity YouTube page comments from Hale Varsity Radio, or uh, you can also leave us a review. Reviews are what pay the bills in radio, so you can uh, leave us a review wherever you get your uh, podcasts and uh, let us know what you think, good, bad, or ugly. That'll do it for us here on a Friday. We'll get connected with you again tomorrow morning, the Saturday morning edition from 7 to 9. Join us. We'd love to hear from you. We'll get the live stream rocking on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter and Facebook as well. That's when we'll talk to you again. For Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach, this is Elijah Herbal saying we'll talk to you in the morning. A Huda Media Production.